Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Let me move this microphone closer to my face. Okay. Uh, as I was saying, this. Uh, wait, how do I normally start? Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywin, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cuber Gillist. Aha, we gotta figure it out. This show, oh god, such as it is is one uh, in which I discuss all the media I have consumed for your listening pleasure. Will it give you pleasure? That is debatable. And the nays have it. Oh, self-deprecation in the form of nays. Uh, I should say at the top of every show, which I sometimes forget to do, that the possibility exists you have not consumed some of this media yourself. And if I talk about it, I could spoil some of it for you if you're the type who cares about spoilers, which I am to a certain degree. Uh, I think we've maybe had this talk before. Uh, some people uh, don't care, which I find strange, and some people care too much, which I also find strange. I have sort of a happy Goldilocks zone of spoiler carriage. Goldilocks zone of spoiler carriage. Let me just potentially go over here, go over here, type in Goldilocks zone of spoiler carriage. Uh, And maybe that'll be the title of this episode because it is, I do believe, potentially a sentence that has never been said before, which is always fun and fun. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to push a button that will get us started. Going to try to go uh, somewhat uh, a brisk pace, although I'm not doing so so far. uh, Because I got shit to do here. Pushing button. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Madame Tussauds Half Price Discount Candle Emporium. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first from 2019, based on a true story, Brittany runs a marathon. Yes, uh, I forget why, but, and this is rare for the Mrs. and I, uh, I think we were both feeling a little, not that this is a rom-com, I, I, I guess the poster makes it look more like a rom-com than it actually is. Um, a young woman decides to make positive changes in her life by training for the New York City Marathon. Yeah, so uh, it's just this, this sort of broken down the struggle of a, 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 a woman's struggle. The struggle of a woman's struggle. The story of a woman's struggle, rather, with uh, her weight and uh, how she uh, overcomes it. Although, uh, as someone who is a, a big person, uh, a, a, a big boned, we'll, we'll use the nice phrase, 
uh, uh, it is a struggle. God damn right it is. Especially uh, during all this stuff. Uh, I, I was down a, a loss uh, like 20, 30 pounds. Yeah, that's all back. <laughs> so that sucks. Uh, gonna try to, uh, revisit that, <laughs> revisit that weight. Yeah. I'd like to revisit that weight. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, back to the movie, uh, it, it's heartwarming, mm, you know, motivational, uh, rating wise, this is a tough one. I think I'd just go three. Like it, it wasn't really up my alley or I'm not exactly the target audience. I don't think, uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Moving on to House of Wax from 2005. Oh, uh, this is a re remake, reboot uh, of an older movie from, I think, like the 50s. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I might be able to tell here. No. Uh, okay, so uh, a group of teens are unwittingly stranded near a strange wax museum as opposed to a normal wax museum. Oh, God. And soon must fight to survive and keep from becoming the next X to the Z exhibit. It is a horror film that the missus insisted we watch because apparently she really likes this one despite it being not very good. Uh, this would be sadly probably a second viewing, although I remembered virtually nothing, which for me, when I'm going to watch a movie, uh, that is usually... The, the sort of sweet spot when I'm willing to do so, when I don't remember what happened in it. And uh, at least, at the very least, uh, uh, this fit that criteria. Rating-wise, uh, some interesting stuff in it. Uh, some cool, creepy things you've probably never seen in a horror movie before, moments even. Yeah, you know, that's nice. But overall, it's like a, a two and a half. It's just not very good. You got some Paris Hilton in here. I think this was maybe her movie debut uh one thing i seem to recall of this when it came out was the fact that like uh, paris hilton is in it yes but her part is relatively small um but i seem to recall because she was so popular at the time that they really sort of build her as like maybe i think they maybe even like build her as like the main uh the the main girl who was played by alicia cuthbert <laughs> oh my god i'm an idiot too at one point uh, and I, I'm going to blame this on how young she was, uh, Alicia Cuthbert. I said, man, that girl looks a lot like Alicia Cuthbert. And then the missus sort of stared at me for a second. I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> uh, I dumb, I dumb. Speaking of dumb people, this is the end from 2013. Now this is the good movie. Haha, <laughs> you thought I was going to say the end. Six Los Angeles, uh, I don't know if you thought that. Uh, that's dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, this is the end. Uh, six Los Angeles celebrities are stuck in James Franco's house after a series of devastating events just destroyed the city. Inside, the group not only have to face the apocalypse, but themselves. Yeah, this is a, 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 a apocalyptic uh, I was going to say post, but it's not post. It's like during. It's, it, we're technically, I suppose right now, we're pre-apocalyptic. Uh, <laughs> that's a happy thought. Um, in which the actors are playing uh, uh, versions of themselves. It is uh, uh, tweaked, uh, 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 amplified versions, no doubt. No diggity. 
um, but uh, versions nonetheless, uh, with the exception of Michael Sarah, who is uh, kind of steals the show a little bit uh, in this. He he he's not one of the the six celebrities, but he's in there at least at the beginning. Uh, yeah, uh, second or third viewing, if I had to guess. Uh, uh, again, uh, this was one that the yeah so far every movie watched with the misses. You know what? I haven't been watching a lot of movies uh, just on my own because I've been. Uh, working my way through, working my way through, um, Supernatural, which, uh, friggin' awesome, man. Whew, getting, getting real good, getting real good. Uh, uh, Dean killed Hitler. What? That's insane. <laughs> Literally killed Hitler. Uh, this is the end. Five out of five. Uh, uh just a, a crazy premise. Uh, just an insane premise. Over the top, ridiculous. Uh, love it so much. Uh, I, I wish... I feel like they don't try movies like this. Um, and I wish they would. Uh, yeah. Uh, last, but definitely least, very, very, very much least, 12 feet deep. <sighs> Two sisters are trapped under the fiberglass cover of an Olympic-sized public pool and must brave the cold and each other to survive the harrowing night. Sounds potentially interesting there there there's there's a germ of uh, of something good there but this is one of the worst movies i've seen in a long time uh, i think rating wise i'm gonna go one uh and that's a generous one um no you know what i can't go one because i think i've used one for didn't even make it through so i'm gonna go 1.1 because uh we did make it through uh the Mrs. and i who this was her choice so all blame should be uh placed on her doorstep um yeah, uh, the acting bad, no offense, Nora Jane Noon and Alexandra Park. Diane Farr was pretty good in it. Yeah, she was pretty good. Although, it's uh, strangely cast. I don't, I don't know, I had a little difficulty picturing Diane Farr in the role that she played in this. Try not to give anything away, because why not? Um, what I think was most sort of took me out of it and, and made me think this is just dumb uh, is a lot of their actions... Uh, in this, the, their, their actions and their acting were both bad, <laughs> uh, unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, probably the, the best way to put it. And it just, uh, I felt like I was watching a movie the entire time and not a good one. So, wow. I normally don't say such very, such mean things about movies, but I, I guess this one really hit me the wrong way. So let's quickly push a button and get out of here. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Emerald Chain Restaurants. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're talking Star Trek Discovery. Yes, fucking loved it. Uh, or, uh, what I decided to do is rather than uh, 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 every episode of season three, I'm just going to talk about the last three. Uh, so the, the last two. So, uh, the last two, am I looking at the right ones? Were, were like a sort of two-parter, but this is Star Trek Discovery, um, more than, certainly more than uh, a lot of Star Trek is very, uh, serialized, meaning, you know, uh, one episode sort of picks off where after the other where things potentially have changed drastically, whereas, you know, like with Star Trek Next Generation and uh, uh, the original series probably being your prime examples of 
when the episode's done, everything's sort of back to normal and we can have a, a self-contained episode. Uh, so the reason I thought I could combine these three is because they're all sort of dealing with the same uh, storyline for the most part. Um, even though it was just the last two that were technically a part one and a part two. Capiche? Capiche. Uh, uh, okay, so this is episode 11. Let's see what it says. Uh, Discovery ventures to the Veruba Nebula, which is a fun nebula to say. In terms of nebulas that you can say out loud, try it with me. Veruban Nebula. Veruban Nebula. Fun stuff. Where Burnham, Saru, and Culber make a shocking realization about the origin of the burn as the rest of the crew faces an unexpected threat. The burn, very cool idea. I don't think we've talked of that yet. Um, apparently in this far distant future of uh, Star Trek lore, uh, a couple uh, hundred years ago, or it was like a hundred years ago, something like that, uh, basically all ships that were powered by dilithium, which is what traditionally makes ships go faster than light, um, just exploded. <laughs> like, like all dilithium sort of in the universe, not a hundred percent, but most of just sort of blew up. Yeah. Was destroyed. Meaning, uh, uh ships could not travel faster than light anymore, which is Needless to say, when you are a space-faring civilization, it makes things difficult because, uh, hell, to get from here to the next, uh, here, I'll tell you what. Okay, how far is closest star to Earth? <laughs> it's commonly no longer AU or about... Near a star. Proxima Centauri. Okay, yeah, I've heard that name before. I probably should memorize that. And how many light years? I have it in kilometers, that doesn't really help. Uh, we took it to stars. Uh, I'll, I'll type in light years too. Light years. In light years. 4.3 light years. Okay, so uh, traveling at the speed of light takes 4.35 light years. But, but, um, with the inability now to travel at light, it's going to take longer than that. Even if you're just sublight, let's say it's 4.5. I don't know. I'm just making up numbers. Uh, and, and that's just the closest star. And, and these people are traveling the stars like crazy distances apart. So, you know, problematic, needless to say. So a uh, part of this season revolves around trying to figure out why it happened, which is interesting, but I wonder if... Uh, and a, a, a bit of a spoiler, which I, I do warn, uh, I wonder if it didn't happen in season three, they're going to be able to figure out a way to fix what happened by the burn. I, I, I feel like, I guess, no, since, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cur curious there. Like so far, it's just sort of trying to find out what the why is not the, uh, the whys and the hows, not the what to do's. So that was episode 11. Uh, episode 12, after capturing the USS Discovery, oh yeah, that's pretty, pretty bad news. Uh, Osira seeks a meeting with Admiral Vance while Burnham and the crew must overcome unimaginable odds. Uh, I can imagine them. Uh, as they attempt to regain command of the ship. That's always a cool situation. And I feel like... <laughs> like uh, I'm trying to think of a opposite example, but I almost feel like a hundred percent of the time in Star Trek, if a ship 
is commandeered or captured um, by an opposing force, uh, no matter good or bad, that ship will always be retaken. <laughs> like, people really get fucking lazy after taking a ship. Like, yeah, we got it. It's ours now. Nothing they can do to stop us and take this back, even though we just took it from them. <sighs> so, yeah, obviously they get the ship back or else they'd have to change the uh, title of the um, uh, television program because it wouldn't be Discovery anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then episode uh, uh, 13, weird, uh, 13 episode season, uh, as the Emerald Chain tightens its grip and the mystery of the burn is finally solved, was it? Yeah. Like, we know where it originated from, but do we know how and why? It's kind of, I don't know, that, that was a little gray for me. Uh, Burnham and the crew have one last chance to save themselves and the Federation. Interesting. Do they? Don't they? Uh, I, I will say, I think compared to last season's finale, uh, this one, although interesting and cool and lots of interesting and cool things happened. Oh, wow. That was a bad sentence there. Uh, I, I think maybe I like the last season uh, better just because it was such a leap forward, both uh, 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 literally in terms of time and uh, figuratively in terms of uh, sort of being able to pull away from previous uh, Star Trekiness. Huh? All right, let's push a uh, other button. Uh, still, regardless, uh, uh, season three of Star Trek Discovery, easy, easy five out of five. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Spunky Monkey, now in mint. All right, we are talking uh, as uh, prophesized <laughs> uh, in uh, probably the last couple of episodes. I think I may have mentioned this. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, I beat the game the other day, so now we're going to talk about it. Uh, I am playing on PC, which is how I was able to do this uh, feat of beating a game. Uh, yeah, uh, so not really going to talk too much about, uh, uh, the whole debacle of, uh, uh, it not working on consoles, basically. Uh, that sucks, and it's, uh, pretty ridiculous that that situation happens, and it's almost felt like it's something that's going to happen again. Like, uh, something, th th there needs to be, other than just bad publicity, which, as I say, no such thing as bad publicity, uh, there needs to be some, and sort of, uh, rebates and stuff like that. I feel like something needs to be done in terms of, uh, uh that would prevent that from happening again, where a company would say, okay, so they tried these shady dealings and look at what happened to them. Um, yeah, so I don't know what that could be, but I say these words, <laughs> fuck. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, the only glitches I ever really had and even them, even these were uh, few and far between would be occasionally an item, uh, an item in the world would just be floating in space. And it would always be something small. Like once it was a cigarette that uh, uh, Johnny Silverhands was smoking, it, 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 he would sort of move and the cigarette would stay in place, just floating in midair. Uh, I think there was like a briefcase once, uh, a little uh, tape recorder or something like that. Like it was always just these weird little things that you know, once every, 
I don't know, like three hours of playthrough, uh, one of these things would pop up. Which, how many hours did I play? Uh, let me see. Oh, but 60, yeah. Uh, I did every side quest. Well, see, I have a question about that, and I don't know who to ask. <laughs> so I ask you, the listener. Um, I did every side quest, sort of uh, started at the top of my map and worked uh, my way down, and then um, started doing main quests. Well, well, I, I would sort of jump back and forth, depending on my mood and sort of where I was in the story and, and things like that, but... Uh, I, I almost feel like, the, like I got to the final mission where it's basically says, okay, this is it. No turning back. Once you beat this mission, um, you, that's it. You, there's no more side missions, like that sort of thing, which I like it when a game does that. It's very helpful. Uh, and when I was at that point, there was no missions on the map. Like I had cleared every single one, but is it potentially possible that just uh, if I had a wandered around more or, or, or done some other things that some of these uh, some missions would pop up? I kind of feel like maybe that would have happened. That being said, I, I'm pretty happy with the fact that I, I did a shit ton of the side missions, like a lot of them. Uh, I went with a guns, um, uh, uh, sorry, a pistol, uh, pistol and hacking, that, that sort of combo. Uh, I, I will say by the end, uh, I had a really strong... Uh, contagion, uh, which is one of the, the quick hacks that you could do. So basically I would uh, stare at a guy <laughs> and then uh, uh, upload into their neural net uh, a contagion that would uh, quickly or slowly kill them most of the time. It was pretty powerful by the end. Uh, and, and then that would jump to another and another and another uh, until some, like, some of the missions I could just, like, infect one person and basically kill everything on the entire screen, which, you know, uh, fun in terms of feeling powerful, but, uh, and, and you know what, I would mix it up. Sometimes I would do sneaky like that. Uh, sometimes I would just go in and kill everything with my uh, pistol. Uh, it really gave you, uh, a, a, one thing that I think it shined at this game is, uh, it quite often gave you a lot of possibilities of how to complete missions, which uh, I like, uh, which brings me to, uh, another question I have, which, uh, something I could look into, which I think I might, was I know there's uh, many different endings to this. And the one I, the one I ended up with, which I, I, and some, some degree, I'm actually kind of happy I got this ending. Because it's unlike, I don't think that I've ever had an ending like this before in a video game. So I get to the end, and it's sort of given some choices on how you want to proceed. Do you want to, you know, go in guns blazing? Do you want to make a deal with the devil? Uh, there, there's a few sort of possibilities. Or, <laughs> the one I chose, you want to just fucking kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, like literally, it just, uh, you know, you're probably going to die anyways. Uh, you could try some things that may save you, but probably won't. And if you try these things, probably a lot of people will die. Uh, or you could just take this gun and uh, shoot yourself in the head, which is the route that I chose, of course. Because how often at the end of a video game do you get that sort of choice to make? Uh, so uh, it, it felt sort of fitting, too, with all this sort of things that revolved around this game. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, uh, just, just ending it all was the way to go. Uh, rating wise. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I hadn't beaten a game in a bit in, in a minute and, uh, normally sort of take that into account. Like if it keeps my attention enough to do so, I don't think I can go five out of five, but I can easily go four out of five. 
And I like things that are easy. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Buffalant Burgers. Maybe saying that wrong. All right. Uh, first, we have two uh, uh, cool things that happen uh, this time of year, from my perspective, that is, uh, every year. Uh, the big fat quiz of the year and the big fat quiz of everything. Very, very cool. Uh, so these are uh, British not chat shows, panel shows. I, I think that's how you call it. Um which, uh, if you are a long-time listener, first of all, I love you. Secondly, um, you, you know I like this sort of thing. Just uh, funny British people on a television program talking, uh, uh, shooting the shit. Always got sort of a, a podcasty vibe, that. Uh, and they really sort of take their time with it. Like, these are uh, an hour, hour and a half long. So, uh, very, very cool, these things that uh, come in every year. Hosted by Jimmy Carr, who I'm a big fan of. And just a, a sort of fun panel of uh, funny British people. Although, Catherine Ryan, Canadian. <clears throat> which I also appreciate, as I am also one. Uh, so, uh, I bring it back and mention here, and I think I'm losing my voice. So, I should speed through <clears throat> the rest of these. Yes? Um, a love letter to Fallout, colon, New Vegas from H. Bomber Guy. Yeah, uh, this was a cool uh, documentary. Uh, yeah, that's basically what it was uh, on YouTube that this uh, this this guy made. Uh, he did a lot of uh, uh, very uh, detailed and, and thoughtful research into New Vegas and sort of uh, aspects of it, uh, comparing it to, say, uh, Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 and why he believes it is many people's, I would say mine included. Yeah, is it? Yeah, probably is. Many people's favorite Fallout game. Uh, it, it's just got things that are uh, crazy and uh, really fit the vibe of this series, at least what people uh, seem to gravi gravitate towards with this series, the sort of quirkiness of it. Uh, and, uh, he, he really does a, a deep dive. Like, I think it's a, like a, a full length, like hour and change. Or is it like 40 minutes? Anyways, it, it was really, re oh, wait, I have it right here. Yeah, hour and a half. Uh, so if, 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 like me, Fallout New Vegas is a game that appeals to you, highly recommend uh, this uh, documentary on YouTube. Uh, Fallout New Vegas is genius, and here's why. By H. Bomber Guy. And that rhymes, and you know it rhymes. Moving on to Jordan, Jesse Go with guest Blaine Kapatch. Fucking right. Blaine Kapatch, a guest on any podcast just chef's kiss as people tend to be saying uh lately uh, for some reason uh, yeah so uh, that was a delight especially on jordan jesse go where he uh, fits in so well with their format of not having one <laughs> uh i feel oh you know what uh uh um Je uh, Jordan Morris, uh, one of the uh, co-hosts and Blaine Capach I know used to work on at midnight together so it's nice picturing them friends because they're both just sort of two of the funniest people that I've ever witnessed to be funny. Also, Jesse's there. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesse's also good. Uh, but uh, let's move on to last but not least. See, we uh, I flew through this internet intercourse a little bit just because uh, I got shit to do, as I said. And also, I think my voice is going. And one of the things I have to do later today is play D&D. So, can I need that voice? Uh, uh, so last, but not least, uh, Unraveled Pokemon Edibility. What? This, of course, stars BDG, Brian, David, Gilbert. One of my internet loves is with Mr. BDG. Um, and he said in this one that it is his last one, which I hope, uh, I, I don't know why he would be joking about that. I, I suppose it's possible that he was joking, but if he, I, I don't think he was, I, I don't know. I, I, it's difficult to tell, uh, because I love these so much. Uh, it, it's one of those things that, you know, comes along every week or two, once a month, something like that, where, where one of these, uh, unraveled videos that he makes comes out and, and they're just sort of, uh, uh, how can I put it into words? Uh, they are. Ooh, okay. Here's, here's no, not faint praise. Here's very good praise. The opposite of faint praise. Smelling salts praise. Oh yeah. Unravel that joke. Uh, <laughs> these are one of the highlights of the internet. Oof. Yeah. Live up to that unraveled. Maybe that's why he stopped doing them. Uh, because they're just so hard to maintain that level of internet awesomeness. Wow. This is praise. This is very high praise. Uh, okay. So, uh, most edible Pokemon. Now, something I wanted to say with some pride, there's a point in this, uh, video at the end. I don't go into too much detail where he, um, almost begs. Yeah. If he, he practically begs the viewer to churn off the video before he gives the results of what the most edible Pokemon is. Uh, and the pride that I have, which is a feeling I'm not used to, is the fact that I listened to him and I turned off the video when he asked us to and remain in the blissful ignorance of not knowing what the most edible Pokemon is. Now, uh, the sponsor of this segment, Buffalant Burgers... I don't know if that's how you say that. I think it might actually be how you say it. Um, would be my guess. But I also don't want anyone to tell me. I want this blissful ignorance, ignorance to continue until... You know what? I'll tell you what I'll do for myself. Uh, because I never... I don't want to say never, but... I listen, I, I listen to my own episodes maybe twice a year maybe twice a year uh, if i'll just like see an episode and i'll click on it and i'll i'll listen to it maybe twice a year so if somehow some way i am uh, in the future randomly listening to an episode and this is one that i'm listening to uh jordan i'm going to give you permission to watch the rest of that video and see what the most edible pokemon is you are welcome, future Jordan, if you if somehow the stars align. That's the only way I will allow this, if the stars align in such a way as to make that possible. Folks, we did it. 
Whatever it is, it has been done. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.